2: What we've got here is failure to communicate. Freedom. Freedom? Well, sign away my freedom. Why, this is ridiculous.
3: Don't be corny, brother.
2: (laughs) Sure, our
3: system of free enterprise isn't perfect. But before we throw it away
1: for some imported double talk, Let's turn the clock back a few years
2: to see what it's done for us.
4: With your host, Mike Paul. <sighs> nice long pisses,
2: you know. Do the best kind.
4: Yeah, yeah. Where it's like it stops and then it starts again without you even trying to do anything. You're gonna. Uh, I'm gonna sound like I'm. I'm gonna sound like I'm drunk for real. That's all right. You can just say you're drunk. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. You know how uh You know how like when you have insomnia then the next day you're like oh I'm going to sleep good but then you get a headache in the afternoon and then you can't fall asleep because of the headaches then you get less yeah. sleep and then the third night then you're just like paranoid not being able to fall asleep and anxious so then you don't fall asleep right. so that's that's what I did I get that yep. dude I yeah
2: I've been sleeping like shit
4: It's been uh I get it like once or twice a year or it's like 3 4 days but What's, What's up, guys?
2: What's it going? up, man? Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah. Cool. Hell yeah. Dude, you, you, wear, you getting the flannel out of your system before um, am, yeah. White Boy Summer? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I've actually managed
3: to wear a flannel shirt every day this week, and they're going to have to go soon.
2: Fuck yeah. They're, they're going to have to. You got to trade them in for a white tee and some Vans, maybe a, a Jordan hat. A nice conservative V-neck. Yep. Yeah. So we, uh, my co-host Mike is still wrestling as kids. So we technically are live now, but we're gonna probably edit some of this beginning shit out, anyways. All right. Um, so do you do you just wanna do you just wanna roll with it, or do you, do you want a, a formal introduction? Yeah, sure. Okay. No,
3: give me a formal
2: introduction. Okay, <laughs> I I can do that. I'm gonna
3: make you work.
2: <laughs> I know that's all right. That's all right. We we got 30 minutes, so you're definitely you're making us work. Alright, so whenever you guys are ready, you guys ready? Yeah. All right. Hello, listeners. Uh, we have a very special guest today. He's the host of Boys Town with a Z and co-host of Ti- Timeline Earth podcast. He's also a world-renowned class theorist and author of the book Six Million. Ah, oh, fuck. Never mind. Anyways, here's Aaron from Timeline Earth.
3: Oh, so, thanks what's for up, man? You. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. It's uh, Friday, going into the weekend. Um, gonna pound some white claw and, uh, you know, continue to shitpost.
2: That's good. And I, I would imagine if you're anything like me, it usually escalates the more you drink too. Yeah. The, uh, the level of give a shit decreases tremendously.
3: Yeah. Yep. After about the eighth white claw, I'm ready to like foment a
4: riot. <laughs> yeah, or or argue with somebody's aunt on Facebook. That's my personal favorite. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. White yeah. Claw just brings out the worst in you.
2: <laughs> True. Yeah. One one sip at a time. Yeah. And Facebook, if if you ever like, if you still use Facebook, is a great medium because it's full of normies. So, like, you can just pile on people, and they have no clue what's going on.
3: I go on Facebook every once in a while to check out the uh, the Mises Caucus page, and every time mm-hmm. I do, I'm like, I-, I wish I didn't. I just want to stay on Twitter where everybody's so extra, and just right. like pretend that like all those Facebook people are not just undoing everything that I've done.
2: There is a little bit of an echo chamber sometimes in uh, in the Twitter sphere that you start to think that there's more people thinking the way that we believe. And then you get on Facebook, and you're like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh,
3: Oh, wow. They are fucking decades behind.
2: (laughs) Yes. Literally decades. Yeah. So I think before we dive into it, uh, do you want to give our listeners a little bit of your your backstory?
3: Um, Sure. Uh, I grew up in New England. Uh, I joined the Navy when I was uh, 22. Spent nine years in there and uh, grew pretty disillusioned at the state of things came out of it. uh, I would say a libertarian slash anarchist of the mostly of like the capital L libertarian type and um, grew disillusioned with that and became more of an anarcho-capitalist grew disillusioned with that became more of an anarchist grew disillusioned with that. And now I'm kind of a, hodgepodge of every, every reactionary and radical ideology out there.
2: Hell yeah. So <laughs> that's actually kind of what I wanted to get into. Um, I kind of want to expand upon some of the stuff you recently talked with Pete about how you've, you've been able to kind of successfully blend some of the aspects of Marxist-Leninism and then incorporate that into right-wing anarchism and kind of lay down the foundations of how it can be applied to move, push the movement forward.
3: Well, I'm, I'm glad there's somebody out there that thinks I'm successful at it. <laughs> um, I, I like kick myself in the balls every day because, you know, I'll read something. I'll be like, Oh shit. I never thought of that. And then try to work through my 85 IQ drug addled brain Crack-addled brain, like how to how to make it make sense, and um, yeah, I mean the way forward for uh, I don't want to say libertarians because it's too big of a catch-all. I mean, mm-hmm. your fucking aunt on Facebook talking about the Constitution should be could, could be could consider herself a libertarian, and it would be fine. Yeah, um, I I I tend to target more the uh, right-wing anarchist label. Um, because that lets people know that like where you're at, you're, you're not a capital L libertarian. You're probably not going to go out and vote for Gary Johnson or Joe Jorgensen. Um, you're not a, you're not a liberal, um, you're not a leftist and you're not a conservative. So right-wing anarchist, I think is not perfect, but it's, it's kind of the closest label, um, that I would, that I would market myself to because they, they need a lot of help. And um, what I've found is that there's a lot of help out there, just from the authoritarian left.
2: <laughs> um, they they do seem to be able to get shit done.
3: Yeah, I mean, if if you lower your standards enough and have like just release your your respect for human life, um, yeah, absolutely. And you know, one of the one of the defining things about right libertarianism is the the non-aggression principle and objective morality and being principled and all that. And, um, that's great. And it should be like that. However, in order to get from where we are right now in 2021 to any semblance of relevancy going forward, you need to adopt more Machiavellian tactics, not mm-hmm. principles, but tactics. And, right. uh, That's kind of where I where I drew a lot of inspiration from in reading people like Lenin and Marx and Engels, Um, you know, and it saddens me to see like there's (laughs) like when when a libertarian talks about communism, it's virtually impossible to tell them apart from like uh, a CIA agent in the 60s, you know and that's yeah. that's not that's not a position that we we should find ourselves in we should be not open-minded in theory but um open-minded in terms of uh looking at what we've done what's worked and what hasn't worked and what hasn't worked is having a party that is bending the knee to the establishment as being more inclusive to people that want us dead and want our <laughs> uh, to to quote <laughs> to quote somebody I like that w- wants us dead, wants our children raped and brainwashed and think, and they think it's funny. Yeah. Um, that's, that's not who we should, who we should be inclusive
2: to. Agreed. I, w- I was kind of looking, you know, I-, I consider that like a lot of the establishment or beltway libertarians is like, they're like neoliberals that think it's edgy to say taxation is theft. And they're I I do like what the Mises caucus is, Kind of doing, but I think they're still being too accepting of certain people like Justin Amash. Like yep. I, I, I think that I think he's a snake in the grass. I, I mean, I wasn't a big Trump fan by any means, but to me, Amash just got his 15 minutes of fame by having TDS, and I don't, I don't consider him a libertarian on any sort of principle. He
3: is what Jeb Bush was to the Republicans. Just uh palatable kind of it's his turn type deal and uh yeah like you said he's a snake in the grass he's a foil for for you know the 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 pragmatics and the left libertarians to come together and say okay guys you can have your moment but you know you you have to you have to stop with uh yeah you can only go so far right as justin amash and that he he'll be like the compromise And uh, there's, there's no room for compromise. They're not in a position to do that. And um, they're, they're getting their asses kicked left and right.
2: And I'm here for it. It is is nice to see. Um, It is.
3: It's it's a step in the right direction, mm -hmm. baby steps in the right direction. And I'm not all in yet, but um, if I start seeing some, some more, uh, like I said, Machiavellian power plays, then yeah, I'll, I'll throw. I'll throw my, my meat space weight behind it.
2: <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah, you know, I like going into like different Facebook groups and and different Twitter circles and just kind of, you know, putting your finger in the air and, and feeling where different demographics of people, like, you know, their their political identities kind of where their heads at. And, you know, with the, uh, the biggest train wreck ever, I remember in like last summer, I joined a couple of Joe Jorgensen for president meme groups on Facebook. And it was just the most cringe like every time i'd go on there i'd be like like you know you want to yak and uh and i it was just like okay this is the the worst thing i've ever seen and that's why you're talking about like the term libertarian being polluted and it really like i've really distanced myself from that word because first of all i don't want to be boxed into some like rigid ideology where people assume they know uh you know what i think about any given topic but You know, when we we look at where this thing is going, it's like we need to have some sort of populism that transcends political labels. And, uh, you know, the other thing, like I agree with you guys, I like what the Mises Caucus is doing. But even sometimes when I look, I look at that group and I see where their heads are at. It's like you guys just aren't cynical enough. Like you need to be a little bit like, you know, there was a post about uh, Justin Amash doing this like uh, Q&A with AOC and a bunch of people were unironically celebrating it. I'm like, guys, like yeah. how how gullible do you have to be to think that this is a good tactic?
3: I, I just saw a thread with somebody like, Oh, the the way forward for liberty is to be inclusive and to, you know, share ideas <laughs> with people that yeah, no. Nope.
2: Yeah, no. I wanna <laughs> Unless- see I wanna see Dave Smith come out dressed like Che Guevara. Yeah. Yeah. I wanna see his acceptance speech. I want him to come out like a friggin' South American warlord.
3: Yeah. I want him to use Marxist language and then also like the next sentence, the 14 words. Like uh, <laughs> he needs to fucking like I and he's not in a he's just not he's not a bad person, and that's the problem. Um he's he's not conniving and evil. And uh I, I think that to me is I mean, I I think if he surrounds himself with a cabal of true believers that will, you know, usher things forward behind the scenes, then absolutely. But, you know, if if he insists on being like good and principled and no, I don't want to change the rules to benefit me, then it it might fizzle out. And I, I hope it doesn't. But like his his way forward is by Machiavellianism. You know, being Lenin, the the libertarian Lenin. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: I I don't know if I know of any of them out there though. I mean, maybe like some guy who's homesteading in Idaho or something that we don't know about. But those types of people don't want to get involved in any of the shit.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I don't I don't blame people for not wanting to get involved in the political system. But you have to understand, like, we're not voting for him to become president because we like his policies. In um, in my humble opinion, the only reason why he should be, you know, up there as a candidate is to set the stage for other phases, you know, whether that be peaceful, peaceful separation or like a, a, a violent overthrow or a collapse or whatever, uh, however deep you want to get into Fed posting here. <laughs> like, <laughs> And uh, that's that's Leninism 101. You use the you use the existing political system you bend the rules in order to set the stage for, you know, future expansion.
2: Right. And, and it's, it's really hard to beat a group of people who, like you said, they don't have any principles. They will really bend their, the rules or their beliefs to fit whatever, you know, promotes the the fastest acquisition of power. And that's why like If you look at history, when was the last time you saw like a a right wing or like classically liberal type revolution?
3: Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe, uh, you could say the American Revolution, but yeah, but like literally the day after that happened, it got it got subsumed by bankers. So like,
2: (laughs) right, it's but I mean, you know, I know that like Mike and I have talked about this before, like, it's very hard to sell like liberty, like taking responsibility for yourself and your actions and minding your own business. When the opposite viewpoints are like, well, we'll just give us power and we'll take care of you. Yeah. I mean, how how do you compete with that? Because like, you know, if we had all, all had our way, we'd be like, yeah, whatever. I'll sleep all day and do whatever I like and then eat and sleep again. Yeah. You know, know, there's a,
1: uh, a huge problem right now just trying to find entry-level work i've been meeting with a lot of uh, small business owners lately and they the turnover is crazy they say they get kids to work like two to three days then they're like fuck this i can go home and get paid why am i why am i doing something i hate and and paying taxes and burning gas and all my day when i can play video games all day or do whatever i want and Mm -hmm. just get sent a check in the mail and i know like uh I think McDonald's in some areas was paying fifty bucks just to have people interview because they can't even get people to show up for interviews. They're so understaffed. Shit, I'll interview.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: just get the incentive and run. Yeah,
3: yeah. That's. I mean, that's that's some late stage shit right there.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, in a, a a perfect world, I think what we'd all want on this sort of like libertarian right is that we just wanna get our message out to the masses and try to change as many people's minds as possible by whatever means that that takes. And I think right now there actually is a golden opportunity. So I work in the uh, wholesale plumbing industry, I work sales. And right now prices of everything are going up, copper, PVC, water heaters. It's just every week we get a a new report about how this vendor and that vendor are up 10, 15% on the week. And it's getting really difficult to get your hands on products, like just toilets, faucets, just things that, you know, were never an issue before. And people will, you know, their eyes pop when they look at the total for their, their orders and their tickets. And they're like, Jesus. And I go, I'm like, yeah, well, you know, you print $15 trillion in a year and we don't think that's going to have an effect on prices. Yeah. And then I, I swear I'm betting like 800 with that line. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah, no shit. You know, when, when they're doing all that shit, who do they think is going to pay for it? And I think right now when we're like looking at the the economic forecast and we're seeing in real time what, you know, enhanced unemployment and welfare actually does. When you see like you can't go a week without hearing some business owner saying, I can't get help right now. And everybody knows somebody that is on unemployment right now. And it's no longer theory or speculation. All the variables are pretty much filed down to where we could just see it happening. So I think there is a chance right now that we could win over, you know, significantly more people than we otherwise would have a couple of years ago.
3: Yeah. You just have to know which people to target. Like me, for instance, I'm, I'm in facilities. So I see those invoices for $600 flushometers and, you know, a, a, a plumbing a plumbing quote for $5,000 to replace like 20 feet of fucking no hub. So like, I I see that shit happen too, but I mean, for me, um, you know, if, if it meant like shit like that, if it keeps going on, I'll lose my job. And yeah, that would, that would probably radicalize me. Um, I happen to work for a fucking stupid company. That's just has all the money in the world. So they don't care. But, um, Yeah, I mean, you have to you have to pinpoint those those um, relatable weaknesses and those pressure points of radicalization to each individual person you interact with, and you know, like like I've been preaching, you might not make them libertarian, but the goal is to make them anti centrist, like anti anti neoliberal, because mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, a Marxist Leninist is better than a neoliberal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, w- know, I would agree. I've been, uh I live out in a small farm town in Illinois and I go around to a lot of small towns and, you know, probably over half of the businesses, gas stations, everything I stop at throughout the day, no one's wearing a mask, not even the staff. And I've gone to the point now where I actually like, I thank them for not enforcing it. Like, thanks for making me feel like yeah. a human. And, yeah. you know, like, yeah, you know, no one, no one really cares. People get mad. We, we did it for a while, but there's no reason to. But I'm getting to the point where it's like, no, like, congratulate this behavior, encourage it, make them want to do it more. You know, so absolutely when you see else in public, like, give them a thumbs up when they're not wearing a mask. Like, you got to show them that there's camaraderie that we're not all crazy and off the deep end.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, re- reinforce uh, not revolutionary behavior, but reinforce dissidents.
2: Yeah, yeah, I did you see uh bird that tweet about like what they're going to do at Yankees and Mets games about how they're going to have separate seating for uh, the unvaccinated people. And, you know, like at first glance, you're like, Hey, wait a minute. I've seen this before, <laughs> but then like, you know, bird had a really good point. He's like, that's going to be fucking awesome. Because yeah, all the yeah. all the unvaccinated people can just be like, dude, like you know you have all <laughs> like-minded people sitting by you now. Yeah, it was like- oh, absolutely
4: it was like that meme that was going around last year where it's uh it's Mick in and Superbad. And it's like when you walk into the so- the store and see other people without masks on and he's like, Gangsters, what's up? You know, it's like that's how <laughs> I am with other people that aren't vaccinated that don't wear masks. Yeah, but could they
1: also just be, like, collectively targeting us and just, like, slipping something in your hot dog and your Coke when you're at the game?
3: (laughs) (laughs) I've seen things like they're they're trying to develop a a vaccine that will spread itself, (laughs) like, basically a virus that's a vaccine.
4: (laughs) And it has side effects. You know, you're going to get a bad chest cold and be laid up Um, for a few days, but it works. um, I'm sure if you have, like, paws on,
3: he could probably articulated a lot better than i can i just read the headline and was like all right <laughs> <laughs> we're it's
2: it's it's definitely strange times but i i know even like even my mom was was talking to me about that today actually before we started recording she's like yeah it's gonna be weird like they're gonna i don't know what they're gonna do but with unvaccinated people and i'm like wait mom like <laughs> like i don't have that shit mom my mom's gonna yeah. love me in the box car <laughs>
3: That's that's the end goal. The end She's goal is like, to have your
2: your fault, idiot. <laughs> yeah.
3: The end goal is to have your obese purple haired transgender Muslim grandchildren load you onto the boxcar for tweets you made in 2021.
4: Yeah, I mean every every successful totalitarian regime in history, like one of their central tenets is that they're able to split fam- family oh god. I'm sleep deprived right now, so I'm stuttering like a motherfucker. But they can split families apart, you know, like in North Korea mm-hmm. and in Iran. All these things, it's yeah. you know, that's that's the goal. That's the end game.
2: Uh,
4: yeah, well, uh, um,
3: Mao in China had uh, all the students like trained to rat on their parents too. i I, they, they were called something. I don't remember what it is.
2: I, I but, yeah. yeah. It, Kim Jong Un had, has a similar program. In North Korea, mm-hmm. uh, Malice had a refugee. I forget her name. It's like Young me Park. Uh, anyways, she said that like they were told, like they, they had all these behavioral exercises to basically normalize telling on each other. Yeah, like they, yep. and that's why that's why the government wants your kids here. You know, that's yeah. why they want they want government preschool. They want you know they don't want your kid kids going to the church down the road for preschool anymore. They want them yep. going to a government preschool for the same reason.
3: Yeah, you're you're going to find that homeschooling, private schools, all that is going to become less and less accessible through legislation and you know whatever they can do to inflate the cost. Um, you're already seeing that right now. Um, yeah. Right now, it's just on state level. Some states are getting better, some states are getting worse. And um, but you know, when California does something, it eventually makes its way across the country.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah, that explains like. The the whole push on the left right now for universal college, like free college, which is just going to become the new standard for the high school diploma, which is yeah. just completely nonsensical and race taxes. And I remember uh, last year during the Democratic primary debates, they were going through all the candidates and they're like, what do you think about free college? And Bernie Sanders like, I think that it should be a free and it's all right. And all this stuff. And then they're all kind of parroting that line. And then I didn't know anything about Amy Klobuchar. I'd heard her talk like maybe once or twice. I knew that she was just kind of like milquetoast, neoliberal, dumb skank. And uh, it goes to her. And I'm sitting next to my my wife, who was my fiance at the time. I'm like, Lauren, watch this. She's going to say that she's for free community college. And then it pants her. She's like... I went to community college. I know lots of successful people who went to community college and it's just like, it's <laughs> utterly predictable. Like they all want to go in that direction. The question is just how fast and how much.
3: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If if you can implement some sort of UBI and then extend education forever, then you have a population of loyal servants.
2: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and they know that they Ooh. know that. I mean, it's, it's it's there's research that proves it like i mean like look at the data on on the welfare program it's you have generations of people that stay on it and they knew yeah. that when they created it there was you know they they had some choice words about it when they created it but you're they're just going to apply it to everyone because it's kind of hard when you know if you look at pretty much every secession or overthrow or coup or whatever it is conditions have to be terrible for people and those countries weren't doing ubi the ubi will be the ultimate buy-off it'll you know that's what the stimulus payments were too they were basically Mm -hmm. saying please don't get pissed off don't vote us out you know or or worse
3: you can ride in the major cities but stay out of the suburbs like
2: yeah you know my question
4: is with the UBI thing, it's like, how long can that really last before the wheels just fall off? Cause I mean, you could look at this past 14 months as sort of a UBI trial run and we're already seeing massive inflation and you're starting to see a lot more like mainstream people saying, guys, this isn't looking good. Like the economy could be circling the drain right now, which I, I presume we all know, like we all knew that for the last, you know, X amount of years that this was built on a house of cards. But if they do institute UBI, it's like, I think it's gonna be like a self-destructing mechanism it
3: it it, it is and it isn't um, right now we still have the dollar as the world hegem- hegemony for world finance and um you know they can leverage that to do pretty much whatever they want. I mean, we still have military bases all over the world that's that's the whole fucking uh um, what is it the Bretton Woods agreement I mean. Like any country gets out of line in any way, I mean that we'll find oil, or you know they'll become the next nexus for terrorism or humanitarian crisis that we need to intervene in, or whatever. I mean, you know, we're we're still the world hegemony as far as world finance goes. So, I mean, we're not quite post scarcity, but we can make it close to it if we you know
4: get desperate enough and we're always going to be relatively wealthier than most countries. Like that's, that's the thing with having reserve currency, which I mean, you know, whether or not that lasts, I think it probably will for the foreseeable future, but it's going to be interesting going forward. If another, another country or central bank decides to actually tighten and try to strengthen their currency, but then, you know, (laughs) we'll see if the war machine, how they like that.
3: Like if say Russia and China were to come out with a joint gold backed currency, their and and then enforce their sphere of influence that would be disruptive
2: very very disruptive yeah because it's it's basically the yeah the u.s military like you said that's backed the currency for decades now
3: absolutely that was that was my job when i was in the navy was enforcing global trade
2: (laughs) yeah that's you know, and and freeing you know, freeing the people of the Middle East. We got to make sure, of course,
3: that, yeah, spreading democracy, <laughs> liberal democracy.
2: Yeah. So, uh, I know you're a little tight on time here, Aaron. So I I, I found a news story that I wanted to get your guys's opinion on. So, you guys are familiar with TripAdvisor, right? You know the the travel site. Mm-hmm. So. TripAdvisor removed an insensitive review of the Auschwitz Museum. This is is NBC News. So travel website TripAdvisor has removed an insensitive review of the Auschwitz Museum after initially saying it complied with submission guidelines. The museum at the site of Nazi concentration camp in Poland on Thursday tweeted that it had asked the Massachusetts-based travel website to take down a review in which the writer said they went to Auschwitz to test the chamber and called the site Fun for the Family. And now, according to the company, it complies with their submission guidelines, the tweet said. TripAdvisor later reversed course removing the review and banning the user who wrote it. The museum then thanked TripAdvisor.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you're not allowed to do that. You're just simply not allowed.
2: <laughs> like what do you guys think of that? You think it was like some like grade A level trolling, or do you think Absolutely. it was just some smooth brain?
3: You think it was- Yeah, it was it was some 4chan autist like just nailing a corporation and uh um I love it. <laughs> I, I only wish I thought of it. <laughs>
2: I so I I was uh, perusing the Drudge report because you know occasionally I like to dive into the gutter to see what I can find and that was on the Drudge so the Drudge Matt Drudge knocked it out of the park today yeah yeah I figured I figured you guys oh, would appreciate that one
3: I didn't even know they were still around I used to go on Drudge all the time back in the day
2: so I at least once a week I'll go on the Drudge and what they do is they went, like, heavy on coronavirus, They, which was weird because, like, Drudge Report was, like, on a watch list for a while because they were considered too conservative. You know, they made Fox News look like MSNBC. Yeah. And, you know, they. I think they were the ones that broke the Clinton-Lewinsky scandal. I think that oh, Matt, yeah. Drudge, Matt Drudge actually broke that story. Wasn't but he, like, Alex Jones' mentor at one point? He might have been.
3: Okay. He's, he's had his hands in, like, everything. Like from the yeah. mid nineties to like the late two thousands.
2: Yeah. He and and then all of a sudden, I don't know if he sold it or what, but I mean, if you saw it all during the coronavirus pandemic, oh my God. Every story was about hysteria about COVID. I was like, oh, this is and I, I actually texted a, a an old coworker of mine who used to read Drudge every day. And I was like, What the fuck happened? He goes, yeah, we don't read that shit no more. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah, we moved on to InfoWars. We're down to We're done with that shit. <laughs> that
4: sounds that's, that's that sounds like what happened. It
2: <laughs> yeah. sounds
4: like what happened with uh with Vice and like coming from Gavin McInnes and then becoming like just the most ultra social justice blue-pilled news site there is, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Yeah, Wikipedia too. The uh the yeah. found the original co-founder was on Tim Pool a couple weeks ago. And he says he calls himself the former founder because he wants no, nothing to do with it because it went all woke. And he says propaganda now, it's no longer an encyclopedia.
2: Yeah. So have you have any of you guys had any luck like getting through to the, the woke people? I mean, outside of like antagonizing them to get them to turn on each other, like, have you actually been uh, able to get through to them? No.
3: No, I, I attack them from the left. I, I put it in terms of you are useful idiots of capitalism. You're subdividing (laughs) the working class up into a thousand different groups and having them fight each other. And you're handing more material benefit and power over to fucking people that will, you'll never have as much material wealth as they do as they make in like a week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they're, I mean, they're all like just grassroots advocates for big pharma. All of a sudden they're out there just trying to, (laughs) Set record profits for big pharma
2: who they used to hate like 10 minutes ago.
3: Yeah. It's odd. Mm.
2: Yeah. They're yeah, they're just a bunch of stooges. It's 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 really funny to watch because even like during the election, I saw a lot of these Bernie Sanders supporters who were like, I, I would talk to them and I'd be like, you know, they're like, I hate racism, Donald Trump's a racist. And then when Biden got the nomination, they're like, I hate racism. I'm like, you understand Biden was like, wanted Reagan to be harder on the war on drugs. He also was the author of the 94 crime bill. Like this guy's done more to ruin African-American families than any person in Congress. And they're like, yeah, he's, he's racist, but, and then they all went out and voted for him. Yeah. Like I'm like, yeah. yeah. So no, that's they just why wanted he... Trump out. Yeah.
3: Trump was reaction. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they they hate reaction more than they hate actual problems.
2: True. And they and, they now, handle-
3: they, and now they've made reaction an actual problem.
2: Yeah, because this their reaction is going to cause some serious implications going forward. I mean, if you look at like the way that they're already trying to spend, you know, they're pushing for all these laws, which will end up being incredibly unpopular. That's weird. Mm-hmm. But I just, I just was curious if any of you guys had actually been able to reach anyone because I, I pretty much have given up on trying to outreach and I just, I just try to meme them and, and make fun of them until they cry. No, back, I don't. In or, like or the,
3: back in like the mid 2010s, like the 2016 election, when, you know, things, things were starting to get like more, uh, egalitarian, um, on the left, um, I I I have arguments and debates with Bernie Bros all the time, and it was mostly in terms of like, you know, socialism, the economic calculation problem, and uh, that that never did anything. And then once they started going woke, I was like, all right, you're a fucking enemy now. I have like, there's no conversation to be had.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I can't really. I, I'm not on social media. I got rid of my Facebook about a year and a half ago, right before COVID. So I just luckily did that before that before i lost all kinds of extended family and whatnot um but yeah i don't really engage with many woke people at all because i surrounded myself by like-minded people now and i have a couple bernie bros but the ones i'm in touch with they didn't even vote for biden because they knew he's part of the establishment so they're at least a little more free thinking and i can still have thought-provoking discussions with them but no i've never converted a woke to an inch towards my side before
4: I've I've taken a blue pilled person and made them purple pilled I've gotten like that far before but I've never actually red pilled somebody who's like full blown SJW
3: yeah I mean I've taken people with pronouns in their bios and made them made them more um, amicable towards like Marxists like I've I, I think I've I think I've led a couple people down the path to you know being more radicalized but uh, definitely not like you know they're not libertarians; they're just more Marxist.
2: <laughs> right, it's <laughs> it's a whole other problem. How <laughs> so, uh, it's it's still it, I would I agree with Aaron though I think it's a better problem than neoliberals. I really yeah. do. I mean, at least like at least they're the the classic Marxist Leninists. Their belief system, like we already know, it's the polar opposite, and we kind of know the the playbook. Neoliberals are they're soulless lizards. Yeah. They're they're the the suburban, woke, bougie white women of this country are the most dangerous demographic out there.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. More more dangerous than any Marxist could ever dream of being.
2: Yeah, you like Dave have- Smith. Well,
4: I was gonna say, like, Dave Smith has been making this point that the centers became the radical. Like John McCain and Hillary Clinton have led us to this mess where they took like the most prosperous country in human history. And we're on the brink of collapse, like any, any moment, like the
2: could be the last straw, you know? Yeah, I think we're, I think we're, we're five to 10 years. I think, I think that they're going to prolong it a bit, but I, you're already starting to see it amongst the states. If you notice a lot of Midwestern and Southern states have started to pass laws like nullification of any new or future federal gun control, stuff like that. I think you're, you're starting to see the seeds being planted slowly, yeah. but I mean, we'll see. Cause I, I, you know, there's always, whenever you see a movement, you get your hopes up and then they just end up getting just and amoshed So, yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I just think that, I think the seeds are being sown, but it's going to take like any, any classic complete change of course and direction for a country it's going to take collapse i i think it's going to take the bottom blowing out i mean if you look at the conditions in 1917 russia they were terrible or or even you know in germany with the rise of the nazis like conditions were terrible they had runaway inflation unemployment everyone was broke you know they're basically just partying all day yeah,
1: yeah. no that's what i was going to say actually it just came back to me sorry it was that nick uh, was saying how people are still comfortable and that's why there's no real pushback. It's like their, their internet still works. There's still food at the grocery store. They still have gas. That's not crazy high. They, you know, they still exist and it's like, whatever. They say it's bad, but it'll get better. And once the masses realize that we we hit a point in no return is when it might get, you know, civil unrest. And that's the, that's why I moved out away from everyone. You know, just last year I got out in the sticks and I was like, I don't want to be anywhere near a city. I want to be a small town with like-minded people because I don't know what's on the horizon, but this is definitely a better place to be regardless.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for anything like that to take place, you have to have a critical mass of people. We'll say like, like I said on Pete show 3% ish to, uh, you know, to be radicalized and to have, you know, collapse or revolution or a coup as their goal. And even if, even if they, even if they fail, it's still it that it's still going to spread, uh, that dissidence, that necessary dissidence, yeah. and uh, that's that's kind of that the seeds for that are well planted now.
2: Yeah. Did you wasn't there wasn't there a first try at the revolution in Russia? Was there? Um,
3: it was more like a political revolution first, and then came the armed revolution. Yeah, cuz um, they basically like the still, like, some
2: yeah. 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 And then it, it, and then they realized that this is nothing changed. Which well, it the was same like, same dickheads Bol- in power.
3: Yeah, you had like uh, socialism as a whole and then you had the Bolsheviks all the way to the left and then you had the democratic socialists who who you know they they worked together to bring about uh the 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 provisional government, which implemented a lot of reforms that they like, but the Bolsheviks, their task was to say, Oh no, we're not stopping right now. We're going to keep this train rolling. And, uh, you know, that's, that's how that went. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of like, if you could compare it to right now, that's kind of what the LPMC needs to do. You know, it doesn't stop when Dave Smith becomes the nominee. It doesn't stop when all of the state parties become LPMC dominant. Um, you, you just have to move on to the next institution to
1: take over,
2: right? Well, yeah, did you guys. The momentum can't stop. Absolutely. Did you
3: listen
1: to uh, Dave Smith on Michael Malice a couple of days ago? No, they're no, saying no, no. <laughs> they're saying if if Dave Smith did pull off the impossible and actually get elected, Michael Malice being the press secretary, like taking on the press, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that would be what would do it. That's where we needed to get to. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, and I, like. I, I don't have any delusions about, you know, the popular vote or actually right. winning offices, but at the same time, it's like, that shouldn't be the goal anyways. It should be, you know, to wake, you know, wake people up, get them woke, but woke on, mm-hmm. you know, reactionary yeah. thinking.
1: You know, I, everyone talks about how the Ron Paul movement died out. And it's like, there were still ambers and, you know, you know, like Dave Smith and Tom Woods that came from that. And, you know, I was not, I didn't know anything about Ron Paul back then. I was what? 18 the first time he ran so i wasn't really i was still kind of like a neocon i didn't really pay that much attention i was like hey this whatever sean hannity says that's who i'm voting for you know because i was a mindless teenager but um i didn't get into really libertarianism until nick heard dave smith on rogan like the first time years ago and then we started listening to that whole circuit of podcasts and i was it, it brought me more and more to the point where i'm like oh shit this all makes way more sense so the fact that we're having this conversation with you is a byproduct of the Ron Paul movement. It's cause Dave Absolutely. Smith kept it alive on Rogan and got us back on board and, and, and fired it back up and started stoking the flames.
3: Yeah. I was a huge Ron Paul 2012 guy. Um, you know, he, he kind of introduced me to this whole, this whole fucking sphere. And, uh, yeah. for that, I'm for that. I'm very grateful, even though, you know, he'd probably want to hit me with a stick. <laughs> for, for like yeah. what, what I what I've turned into, <laughs> but,
2: I think you know. I think you you need to you need to keep the messaging up because there's an opportunity for Dave Smith to do a Stalin-like purge of the Libertarian Party. He can Absolutely, continue yeah. the nice guy act until he gets nominated, and then it's yeah, out with the old and with the new.
3: Yeah, I mean his public-facing persona should be could, it, he could very well have this as his plan. His public facing persona is conciliatory and then behind the scenes he's just cutting throats.
2: Yeah. Well, and you gotta remember, he's been hanging out with them Legion of Skanks guys for a long time. So I'm sure there's some ruthlessness in there somehow. Oh,
3: absolutely. Yeah.
2: So and yeah, I think he's ready.
3: Yeah. And you know, he has like you know, Pete and Shane Hazel as like, you know, friends and acquaintances. So that that yeah. that alone is very encouraging.
2: Yeah but I, I do hope that they they really go for the messaging. I know i've i've been pushing to get Pete as the uh, social media director for the LP. Yeah. The, yep. I would I would love to see that. I I think that there's 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 good opportunity to especially right now with a lot of like disillusioned conservatives. You're not going to get them on everything, but you could bring them you could bring them to to your side or at least to the point where they could maybe push the GOP a little bit as well. Yeah. And, and the
3: GOP is being pushed to be more reactionary. Um, they saw the Trump movement, and they saw that Trump was completely incompetent with all that energy he'd harnessed. And uh, it, all it takes is for somebody with a IQ over ninety and some oratory skills, and you, we could have the next Hitler. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs>
4: <laughs> and I've been, I've been wondering that this this entire past four or five years is. How is it that somebody like Mitch McConnell or all those establishment, you know, center right neocon Republicans are still in power? Like, all that has to happen is like they are losing popularity at an exponential rate. And how long before their local district, who just always go to vote and check the name on the box because their local guy is famous relatively, how long before that support, it gets so low that they get voted out? I mean, I mean, I don't know. I have no idea what's in store for the GOP, if they're going to dissolve or just go in a radically different direction. You
3: know, we're talking about manipulating democracy to win the battle of democracy. That's what they've been masters at for longer than we've been alive. Um, you know, when you look at the ballot and it's Mitch McConnell and he's the only choice, really, or some guy you've never heard of, you're probably just going to stick with the devil you know. And stick with the, the campaign signs and the commercials you've been bombarded with because uh, you're definitely not going to vote Democrat. And you're not really sure about this independent guy or this libertarian guy. So whatever. He's a Republican. <laughs> he probably likes
2: guns. So, you know, what I've seen, too, is like a lot of Republican voters, they have more, I would say, like libertarian ish stances but, but, yeah, what it always comes down to is exactly what you just said. Like, they're like, oh, well, this libertarian, like, I kind of like what they say, but they want to legalize marijuana, and I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Or they don't want to support police. Oh, I can't do that. But I, I don't know, man. I, so I live in rural Nebraska right now, and I legitimately have had people refer to Joe Biden as the Antichrist, like, to my face. <laughs> I was, I was oh, signing, up, signing up for a gym membership. And the lady goes, "Did you vote for Biden?" And I was like, "No." <laughs> and she's like, "You want to know what I think about him?" I'm like, "Enlighten me." She's like, "I think he's the Antichrist." And yes. I was like, "What?" And she's like, you "Yeah, what, she's like, I read the Bible, and I think he's the Antichrist."
3: You know what though? That lady is more useful than any fucking New England Republican I can think of.
2: Because the New England <laughs> yeah.
3: Republicans, like, I I don't like Biden because he's he's fucking you know, not not tough enough on crime or not like, you know, he he got rid of like fracking or the the oil pipeline or whatever. And I'm like, how the fuck does that affect you in any way? Now, if he's yeah. the Antichrist, then that does affect
1: you. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so everyone said the same. Are
3: more useful.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Everyone said the same thing about Obama. Remember he the Antichrist. And, you know, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater when they say that kind of stuff. Because if you examine all that progressivism is, it is just a, a giant... Movement to dismantle Christianity and Christian influences on our society. So it's a very anti Christian movement to be a part of that. I'm not saying any one person is a literal son of Satan, but it's definitely not a Christian movement. So, she's yeah, not it wrong. has an
3: air of uh, we're gonna, we, we don't believe in God, but
4: we're gonna, we're gonna fulfill the role. Right. Yeah, right. exactly. I, and Joe Biden would just be the most kind of disappointing antichrist you could imagine. You'd expect him to be like some charismatic uh, guy. And it's just an 80 year old man that kind of forgets where he is. He's like, you know, Joe, you're supposed to be the antichrist. And he, he's like, all right, yeah, we, we're going to go to the, 100, 100 days of mesh. And he, he just like you can't be the antichrist <laughs> and not know that you're the antichrist. Like, I want him to be more with it. You know, I'm, I'm holding out for a better candidate.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think his his VP might have a good shot.
1: Oh, she could do it.
2: She yeah. fits the bill. Yeah.
4: She has the laugh. The laugh
1: is
2: definitely the laugh of the anti <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. So I, I was on uh I was on a Fox Fox News comments section because those are always good. Like they're yes. better than Twitter. They're better than Twitter. And oh, someone yeah. referred to this administration as Sleepy Joe and Dirty Knees. And I was like, oh. nice. Sure.
3: Yeah. Nice. Like, like, had that guy been born like 30 years later, he would have been probably shit poster. You know, a
2: mutual. Yeah, <laughs> it probably would have been one of my favorite follows. Yeah. So, um, yes. Like speaking of speaking of shit posting. So, how uh, have you? Has your account been at risk since you've gotten back on?
3: Um, there there have been a couple times where I'm like, ooh, I'm I I might get a timeout or maybe get nuked for that but i i kind of try to keep it light until i hit 2000 and then it's time to renew it's time time to fucking you know end the world and start anew
2: yeah so you're you're not caught up uh, we had el popo on yesterday you're not you're not at his level yet right i think he's on to like having his girlfriend give google voice numbers to get a new account
3: yeah, no, I've I've had to do that. I've had a couple Google <laughs> Voice numbers. Um, you know, I always have I always have one on standby. Uh, the last time I got banned, I had gotten banned my my account before that got banned, like within I think a three month time frame. So I didn't have an account on standby. So it took me like a week to get back up because I was just lazy. But uh, I've had probably uh, three or four accounts nuked
2: so far. Nice.
3: And it's just a matter of making another Proton Mail address and getting another Google Voice number.
2: I already, I already got the Proton Mail account ready to go. Yeah, I, I keep it pretty PG thirteen on there. I well, okay, I know who to avoid on there, like your Archies and all those clowns. I avoid those people because those seem to be the ones that go after Mister Pete nonstop. Mm-hmm. So I try to avoid those clowns.
3: I have one of one of the main clowns keep following all my accounts. Like, I guess he or she, whatever their, whatever their preferred pronoun is, um, (laughs) (laughs) like, she's followed me every single time. And every single time I've gotten into, like, an altercation with her and gotten, like, a 12 hour or a a seven day. Really? For, like, what I say. And, like, maybe, I don't know. Hmm. It's uh Brianna, Brianna Coyle. I'm like, Ooh, I saw that. She followed me the other day. I'm like, I posted that. uh, SpongeBob name. It's like, how many times do we have to teach you this lesson old man?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh. Yeah, You know, and, and I definitely am seeing like, I think that the social media shit's going to get worse. I I really do.
3: You mean, you mean that worse isn't better? Because It's well, fucking awesome. Okay,
2: right now. on surf, yeah, on surface level, it'll be worse. But I, I do, I enjoy uh, you and a few others' philosophy of when they nuke your account, you just come back mm-hmm. and you just keep yeah, bringing the heat.
3: Don't don't give them space to be comfortable. Don't make them think that they're winning.
2: Right, and and because that's really what they that's what they want. These people, I I know this because I think I'm in double digits for how many people I've lost on Facebook just due to. Posting about COVID, really. I don't even, there's no, Mm -hmm. nothing extreme about what I say. I just throw the data out there and kind of mock them in my, in my Mm -hmm. tone. And yeah, I've, I see on the people you may know. I'm like, Hey, I thought I was friends with them. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: mean, that's, that's why I was so grateful to get rid of my Facebook before COVID broke out. I got rid of it in like December of 19. Like I would not be allowed to go to family reunions had I stayed on. Like that would have gotten so bad like even at this point my, my wife's grandmother is in her early 80s so you know obviously if, if, if you know we want to be safe around her anyways because she's in a vulnerable denigra- uh, demographic for uh, COVID but she's been vaccinated and she wanted to have a Mother's Day party this weekend out at her pond outdoors right but she said only vaccinated people can come even though she's vaccinated All right. so my, my wife told our mother-in-law she's like my mother-in-law she's like So we're just never going to see grandma again. It's like, we're not getting vaccinated. So she's 82 and she's not going to be seen with people who are not vaccinated. Like we're never going to see her again. So basically goodbye. It's terrible. I mean, what are we going to do?
2: Yeah.
3: All you can do is take this lesson and impart it into your kids. Like don't do this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really tragic. And it's really sad that that's happening to a lot of people that are very close to me. I'm watching it play out and I'm like, you're vaccinated. Like, what? Why do you care what I do? Like, wh- why do you want to use my kids as a guinea pig?
3: Yeah. Luckily, I, uh, I've, I've kind of made it plain to my girlfriend who just graduated nursing school. Like, they're like, don't bother me about the vaccine. It's just not going to happen. It's not worth. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get in an argument with you if you want, but like, right. I, and she's been, she's been cool about it. That's yeah. Good.
2: And I, like, yeah, you know, I, I made it, made it a point with, you know, many of my family and friends. I'm like, I'm not getting it. So we can just, we can move on. Yeah. We don't ever need to yeah. talk about it again. Yeah. It. So, but uh, anyways, we're, we're approaching an hour. I know you got white claws to chug. So I don't know if you, I, I don't oh, want to yeah, stop the yeah. man from chugging some white claws. <laughs> But uh, yeah, definitely yeah. appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. So, do you do uh, you got anything you, you'd like to to plug?
3: Yeah, I got a uh, Boys Town with Aaron, a timeline Earth production, comes out the third Friday of every month. Uh, this episode, I'll have uh, Steppy at No and um, Roth Birdie, and it was a fellow masshole. And I gave her some homework to do. I gave her some light reading. And uh, she's going to share her thoughts on that coming from a Rothbardian perspective. And, um, you know, other than that, Timeline Earth. And uh, you can find me at uh, TLEBTWA, Boys Town with Aaron. Uh, Oh, I don't even fucking know my ad. Just find me on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I fuck up my ad so bad. It's it's (laughs) long.
2: It's long. long.
3: And it means something. I just, you
2: know. Awesome. So it's I found it. So it's (laughs) at gfytlebtwa.
3: Yep. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) I'm on Earth. Boys Town with
1: Aaron.
2: (laughs) That's that's (laughs) the messaging we're here for now. Very very easy
3: to remember. It'll be something else.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, cool, man. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. And uh, sorry, sorry, sorry I was late. Got a uh, kids yeah, that uh you know fight bedtime, but um yeah so we'll be at Freedom Fest July twenty first through twenty fourth in Rapid City, and please head over to iTunes, rate and review the show, and find the show on Twitter at Pauls to the walls with a Z on the wall.
3: Also, I'll be at Pork Fest uh, June twenty third through the twenty sixth in uh, Lancaster, New Hampshire.
2: Nice, cool. awesome. So I'll. Uh... I'll be I'll be at Childeberg, and it sounds like you will not be at Childeberg.
3: Yeah, I don't think I could pull off two festivals in one year.
2: That's yeah, that's that's a lot. That's
3: I'd have to I'd have to like cut down on my crack consumption to save some money for that. And that's just not gonna happen.
2: No, no. You already have a budget for the year, it's set. You can't adjust it. Awesome. So, all right, man. Well, thanks again. All right, peace.